Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is our 48th episode. Sometimes I put the number in front and I'm off by one or so. Yesterday I had 45 when it was actually 47. But our 48th episode, we're coming close, pushing up on 400 um, listens to all the episodes combined. So impressive, you know, impressive. This is doing better than I thought it would. Uh, I guess, you know, we, we it's good to see comments from people that Eric, Christian, Dino Dan the most, Jacob, uh, it's good to know everyone's listening, especially when we're coming so close to the end. You know, it. it's actually, you know, it'll be weird because uh, I always kind of end my evening doing this. And so when the season's done, I'll be doing it up to the season's done, to the playoffs are done and the regular season or the championship. And I'll probably still follow up and I'll probably still have podcasts here and there just talking about anything that any news that might have broken football. Um, big free agent moves. I might even do it. I don't know if anyone would listen. I doubt anyone's going to listen. Who cares about what I have to say about the regular, the actual NFL playoffs and championship, unless you just want to hear something about us talking. But uh, yeah, it'll probably be done once the f- championship is done. And then uh, I'll talk about contract players, talk about possible players who might be signing contracts and getting traded. Because um, I do know several people have mentioned they have guys under contract who they might trade in the offseason. Like I said, if the guy's under contract, you can trade him. Um, so with that, let's hit up some uh, the waiver wire. Today we all, the waiver wire went through, so we all know exactly who's got who, but I can never tell. I can never predict. Uh, I've talked about guys in the past who looks like it might be picked up and they're not. Um, there's several really good top players, not top as in, but there, there are people that can win you a week. There's several guys, uh, week to week that could come out and maybe help you get a victory that week. And I am so sick to death of Jalen Samuels. He, when I picked him up the first time, he had 19 points. You know, he looked great. Uh, even before then he had a, had a solid game against Cincinnati where he, you know, got, got a couple touchdowns. Even with the old uh, wildcat play, but he, oh my god! Since I picked him up and then dropped him again, then picked him up again, he's combined for like nine points in two games. He was absolutely terrible. And I remember I had I had actually picked up Jonathan Williams for the Colts because I'd heard some stuff about hey, Marlon Mack might be out two weeks, three weeks. Now they're saying, you know, last week they were like, oh, maybe he'll actually come back in just a week. They were mentioning how DeMarco Murray, remember when he was with the Cowboys, I think his last season, could have been the year before, he he had the same injury to his hand. And they said once they put like the, the screw in his hand and he got that done, he was able to wear a small cast and he was able to play the following week. So, you know, they were like, you know, maybe Mac can get the same thing. He already missed one game uh, because it was a short week. And now they're saying there's a possibility he can come back now or not. But a lot of the fantasy experts had Jalen Samuels ranked higher than than Jonathan Williams from the Colts. They were saying, oh, Wilkins, remember, if you heard the podcast that uh, Thursday morning last week, I, I talked about, hey, I want I was going to play Wilkins or um, Williams. I remember him from Buffalo. He He's a solid running back. He looked good the week before and it would make the, the evening game Thursday night more enjoyable. 
But then that that day, everything I read was, oh, Wilkins is back. Him, he's going to get 50-50 with Williams. And then you got Naheem Hines. And nobody wants a running back in a three-headed attack. So I was like, well, you know what? Jalen Samuels, the experts are saying, you know, he's ranked pretty high. Uh, he's, he's more of the lead back or he'll at least get a lot of the receptions. He's in a 50-50 as opposed to the Colts who are in a three-way battle. So I cut him like a bonehead. You, sometimes listening to the experts actually backfires. And then we see Jonathan Williams go off for, what is it, 25 points, had a touchdown, all those carries. Wilkins did absolutely nothing, you know, and it's like if he had been hurt, if he had been injured like he was the week before, I would have still had Williams. I cut him. I know Dino Dan, you were looking into getting him, but you couldn't because he played that Thursday night, so you had to wait. So someone will pick him up. I know Nick's number one, uh, Eric's in top three. I can't remember if Christian's three. Someone will grab him get him uh there's plenty of other running backs out there who's let's see what's another top running back you got him you got benny snell he had a really good game he's actually one who and that's not too shocking it was shocking that he had 21 carries almost broke 100 yards he's not much in the reception game but uh they kept feeding him and so even i remember watching some of that game and at one point he had like uh nine carries for only 24 yards it was like not very good average at all you know his and but they kept feeding him, and so twenty one carries he almost broke a hundred, so he's a possibility someone can grab grab Snell, Lashawn McCoy he's on the free agent list Burkhead, uh, you know so there's guys who are who's available not too many great ones, but this time of the year you're not going to see too many other than like because Mac went down with the injury that opens up the door for other players, um, so. Is is Williams going to be another guy? He's got a good matchup against the Titans in Indianapolis. Is he going to be the man? Is it going to be Wilkinson now? Is Wilkinson going to actually get maybe ten carries? Uh, he had Williams had twenty six carries. That's a lot, and he and he didn't have a great average, um, but he still had some solid runs. Did have a touchdown, and I, like I said uh, in the past, the, the the Colts they really the management really liked him. They thought that this would, they would give him his shot if anything happened to Mac. Um, hopefully Matt comes back quick because I know Dino Dan, if he does get into the playoffs here, he's going to need Mac. He needs Mac back. Um, he's got some good matchups coming up in the playoffs. So you definitely want, I know he's got a tough one against Tampa, but if Dino Dan can make the championship game or if Mac could have came back this week, which I, I highly doubt it. Let me check the standings. Let me look at Dino Dan, what it says about Mac. Let's see. What does it say? Is Mac coming back? Um, He's been ruled out for Sunday's game already. So there you go. So looks like he's going to – it looks like – see the experts. Oh, yeah, he's like DeMarco Murray. He should be back. That's another reason I was like, why would I keep him for one game to have him split time? And then yet they're like, oh, man, he could be back just like DeMarco Murray. Well, he's not. He's going to miss a second game. So don't ever listen to the experts too much. Always go with your gut. There was a reason I picked him up to begin with. Um, and now someone else, hopefully someone else goes out and grabs them. They will get themselves a nice RB2 um, as long as he gets a lot of the carries. I guarantee you he will be picked up. Who's some other players as we look at them? Who's another one? If you're looking for a quarterback, uh, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, he's got a tough matchup going in this week against the Colts. They're around top 10 defensively. Um, but look at Tannehill's numbers. 27, 21, 32, 21, 34. This is exactly what happened at the beginning of the season uh, when I had actually drafted Corey Davis. 
from what I heard in preseason, Mariota was the man, but they had Tannehill. They liked Tannehill, and they said they're just going to wait to see. If Mariota does not play well, he's not going to get – he's not getting all season. Mariota would step in. I thought it would be a little sooner. They actually waited uh, till week what, week six? And that was when he came in, but he actually got his first start against the Chargers week seven and played really well. Uh, so that's when it's like um, Corey Davis so has not. It's actually been uh, what is it, A.J. Brown who's actually excelled for the most part. He's a boomer bust, but he's he's done pretty well. You'd like to see someone like A.J. Brown. He could be picked up if you're looking for a receiver. Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, one of my favorite players coming out of college. Remember, I actually drafted him in our league. But there's just there's no way I'm playing Hollywood Brown over Odell Beckham, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, uh, DJ Moore. When you already have four receivers who are ranked in the top, like on average, 15 to 20, you're not gonna you know Marquise Brown is is a big play like you just saw against the Rams, two touchdowns, and then he can go out and get two catches for you know he's almost like Will Fuller, only uh, he's not 100% healthy yet as well, which is like Will Fuller, but. I just liked Hollywood because of everyone in Oklahoma. Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown. I know who I'm – there's a clue on who I'm drafting first next year if you can follow uh, on my pattern. But for the most part, um, that's a receiver you can go pick up. He's got some pretty good matchups. That second-round playoffs against the Jets, that's looking good on the Thursday night game. So we could see Brown picked up. Uh, I talked about A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown, Marquise. you got – D.D. Westbrook, who was dropped, had an okay game, 14 points, and he's playing Tampa Bay. That could be a really big game there because uh, Tampa Bay stops the run. So look for the Jaguars receivers to really get heavily involved. He had eight catches against the Titans. I can't imagine what he would do against Tampa Bay. Now, that's been the whole thing is Westbrook came into this season really hyped up, and he's only had probably one great game and then like two or three okay games. Dino Dan had him. And uh, he was under contract. So even if you pick him up, don't plan on keeping him throughout the year. He has to be redrafted the following season. But still, against Tampa Bay, he'd be a good stream this week. Any other wide receivers? Beasley, Cole Beasley continues to do well. He had another touchdown last week as he's had four in the last six games. 19 points. That might be a season high. I believe it is. Cole Beasley. I mean, these are guys that appear... The running backs are the ones you pick up and maybe plan on keeping and playing longer because they're so hard to get. And with Snell and Williams, they're filling positions of injuries, so they could be there for two games, three games. It doesn't matter. You just want, at this point in the season, you just want, even if it's one week, a guy to help you grab that win, that much-needed win. Tight ends, eh, okay ones. I mean, there's they're all about the same left now. And quarterbacks, we talked about Fitzmagic. Against Philly, Philly struggled against usually wide receivers, which means quarterbacks can put up decent numbers. Trubisky, if anyone wants to get some action on that Thanksgiving morning game, um, you can always go with, I think Driscoll's already taken by Jacob. Stafford probably ain't playing. So everyone rushed to use your waiver wire on Mitch Trubisky. Oh, man. He, he is, I don't know how the – how he. I, the Niners are the biggest winners there by trading that second pick, getting multiple picks, and not getting Trubisky. Um, has been, worked out so well for San Francisco. Getting Jimmy G for only a second round is an absolute steal. You can go out and stream Devin Hodges. He will be starting. Remember we talked about 
that uh, in yesterday's show with the Bengals and Ste- or the Bengals, the Browns and Steelers, how fun that game should be uh, with all the bad blood going back and forth. And now it's been announced that Devin Hod- Del- Devlin Hodges is starting over Mason Rudolph. So maybe uh, someone on the maybe someone in the Browns, uh, maybe Schobert can take a. a Hodges helmet and bang him in the head in it and get suspended the rest of the year and take out two Steeler quarterbacks. So who knows with that? Uh, Andy Dalton is back. There's someone you can stream against the Jets. Uh, Dalton, when he's in there, he's been pretty solid. He had a 35, 27, 20, 21, 23, 26. Regardless of the Bengals were losing, all but one game, and that was the Steeler one on the Monday night, which was terrible. He has been a really good quarterback for fantasy football putting up 300 yards uh, three times, including a 400-yarder against Seattle Week 1. So if you're looking for a quarterback to stream, Andy Dalton is not bad. So that is it with the waiver wire. I'm very interested to see who everyone goes after and who everyone gets. Will there be any defensive players? Will there be any defenses picked up? Eagles against Miami. You know people will be jumping on that. Uh, It's always safe. I was playing that for a while. I had the... The, who did I have? I had the Dolphins, or no, I'm sorry, not the Dolphins. I had the Bills and the Colts defenses, and I streamed them both back and forth because they had games against Denver, uh, which I didn't play this week, but uh, against Denver with the Colts, with Miami with the Colts, and with the Bills uh, taking on Miami. And Miami, like I said, they played better than they originally started. With Fitzpatrick, they at least keep defenses around 20 points. So if you're looking for a safe play, um, with the, with the Dolphins, uh, for the most part, now it seems like they're giving up around uh, anywhere from 18 to 22 points a game on average. So they're a safe play. They'll, you know you're not going to go out there and get single digits. But I don't know if they're at the point like they used to be where teams were just getting 35 and 40 against them. Now the Eagles came off a big game against Seattle. They got 25 points last week. So Eagles are a possibility to be picked up. The Jets could be a possibility. Andy Dalton's back, so we'll see how well they do. Um, Yeah, so those are it with the waiver wire. Trying to think, what else was there? Is there any other news? Not really. Um, We covered all the games. A lot of times we'll leave a few, but I covered all the games for the week. So I got to get... I'm going to try tomorrow. I I don't like the fact that I haven't made a video on Facebook. Um, Now, I could go back to making the weekly review because I remember Jose mentioned it. I can go back to doing the weekly reviews or uh, would you guys prefer to see um, I can work on it tomorrow and have it posted Thursday or tomorrow night and then you can look at it Thursday or Friday or any free time. Um, I can make it based on playoffs possibilities. I think I'll I'll just do the weekly review. That can usually work those quicker as well. Um, And then I do also have to have a video when I talk about who's going to win each trophy, um, who are the finalists for the Solomon Award, which, like I said, is now into my decision. Um, I've got it down to three teams. So we'll see. We'll see. And then I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it once I actually announce the three teams. I'll talk about why my opinion on all of them are. And then uh, I think I'll reveal it after the first week of the playoffs. I will reveal who won it. And it's remember, it's not based on playoffs. So I'll already have it written down done um but so that has to be taken care of as of right now uh if the season ended today 
it would be regular season champ would be Jacob. President's trophy would be Austin. So now we're getting back to where it's kind of spread the wealth. No one guy wins everything. Um, the league MVP would go to uh, it was it's always gone to the highest scoring team, the highest or the highest scoring player. Uh, and at this point, it's should we give it to? Yeah, I still would. I would say uh, which uh, that trophy I have to buy a new one. It was destroyed, um, but I would give it to Jacobs Patriots. The Patriots are the highest scoring right now in our league. Um, and so you got to look at it like that. Like, would you give it to a defense? In the past, I said, you know, you don't really want to give it to a defense just on the fact that it's not an individual player and it's the MVP that we're looking for, not not defenses. If you go based on players, number one is, let me see, where is it? Number one, yeah, number one is the Patriots with 367. Doesn't mean they'll win it, but number two is Christian McCaffrey with 363. Now, we've never had a running, we've never had a non quarterback win it ever. We came close a couple times, but uh, we've never, we've always had a couple running backs each year finish in the top three, but we've never had a running back win it. Um, Christian McCaffrey is the closest, he's only four points back of New England, and third place is. Uh, over almost almost 20 behind is Lamar Jackson with 348 and then the Niners defense with 315 you got Prescott with 300 as well so those are the top five as of uh, our league MVP so my I would give it to the Patriots because they've kind of dwindled the last few games if you look at their stats uh, I mean look at them 25 this is the beginning year 25 59. That was insane. See, that was against Miami. That's when you're like, dude, Miami was so bad. When Josh Rosen was the guy, they were so bad. And when he was not the guy, they are. They went from 50 points to about 18 to 20, like I said. So Fitzpatrick has made a difference to keep the team competitive at least. But then they give up. Then the Patriots got 30 against the Jets, 43 at Buffalo. And that was a close game. The final of that was like 16-10. Buffalo almost won that. But... When Josh Allen got hurt and Matt Barkley came in, Barkley kept throwing the picks left and right, and they ended up losing that game. But it was 43 points, 33 against Washington, 46 against the Giants. They were the first half of the story. They were the reason. They really helped Jacob get to a 6-0 start and then went to, you know, and he continued to where he is now at 9-3 for the best record in the league. So it's tough right now to not say, okay, well, you know, they're not a player, so you don't get it. They're still there's still someone on our nine man roster. So in my opinion, you still get it. I, I would assume everyone agrees that even though it's not an individual player, the MVP of the league has been the New England Patriots. Now there's been some hype on Christian McCaffrey, who's been great, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Uh, but the fact that the Patriots are on the team of the guy who has the best record just goes more to show why I believe they would be MVP because they have been the most without them. I don't think Jacob is nine and three. I think he probably loses maybe two more games. He could be seven and five right now, uh, eight and four. He could be somewhere in that range. And you might say, Oh, it's only one game. Maybe the game he's went 59. He loses. Maybe when they scored 46 in week six, he loses. Well, he didn't because of them. So I, I would consider right now the Patriots, the MVP of the league. 
Um, but we are done with that. That is the trophies. That's I usually do make videos on that. And then, like I said, the podcast is more of a open discussion where it feels like a discussion where I try to just lay things out. You guys are free to uh, offer your opinion, offer anything in the group text. We got the group text to communicate, have good times, and uh, keep each other in touch. And the podcast is kind of the same thing. It's just I'm doing a lot of the talking because I'm the one who's running the podcast. But um, anytime you guys want, if somebody wants to join me, just let me know. I would be more than happy on this podcast. I can invite people. Uh, You would have to be on your phone and I would invite you, basically call you and you can come on the podcast if you want to discuss anything, uh, debate anything, uh, have friendly chat, talk about what your opinions are about the playoffs or what else is happening. Um, So, yeah, we can do all that if you'd like to join especially with the playoffs coming. Uh, maybe we can have Jacob on or Austin on or whoever gets the second bye. We can both talk about the bye week and um, look at the other two matchups that will be going on as we both will be playing the other teams. Who knows? Uh, maybe I'll have on the regular season champ as a congratulations. Uh, if you guys are interested, let me know because I'm not going to force you on and I'm not going to – obviously I can't force you on, but I'm not going to say, hey, get on and then uh, have nothing to discuss. So let me know if you are interested and talking about it and enjoying the time uh, together, hanging out with the podcast or just listen to me yap. So let's get back to it. Let's get to the previews, okay? We got still have tomorrow's show. We still have, I don't know if I'll have one for Friday. Yeah, maybe I'll have one. I'll do one. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to do one. I'm going to have to do one Thanksgiving night. It depends. Uh, how late I can be staying up. You know, we know how that is. Uh, Eric, when when you guys will be here on Thanksgiving, we know how that can go. Um, you guys might not get home till 2 in the morning, and I might be way too tired to talk. Um, but the whole fact is that well, there will be plenty of games. There will be three games that day to talk about. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but let's get to the previews coming up. And the first game we will preview, because this is a big one, is they're all big now at this point. Every game, every game other than there's only one game that does not have any bearing, and that is Steve against Matt. That was one where we thought, you know, if Steve had won last week against Brian, then Eric would have a chance to win and get that division. Uh, Matt would have a chance. I mean, it was it was still a possibility, but Matt lost and Steve lost, which means they are both done as well. And as we go through it, um, I'm still going to cover the game because uh, I believe – I don't know. I, I never hear much. I know Matt has said a few things about the podcast. I don't hear much from Steve, so I don't know if Steve listens to the podcast. Uh, I don't know. I don't even think I'll cover the game. You know, why even – why cover a game that uh, has absolutely no bearing? Yeah, I was about to say, oh, I'll cover this one, but this one has nothing. It doesn't matter if Steve wins or Matt wins. Nobody who wins is going to get anything out of it. Uh, the loser will get probably one extra draft lotto ball. So we will pass on that. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Matt. I will, I'll talk about something. Um, Jimmy G, I think this is a good, good gauge to see where he stands. Because we've seen him against Arizona. Even in two games that they almost lost, he combined for over 700 yards and eight touchdowns. And almost 90, what is that? Almost 90 points. Yeah, I think he broke 90 points in fantasy-wise. But then you look at all the other teams, even Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, 
Cleveland, Washington. Now, throw Washington out. That was a uh, monsoon. Carolina, Seattle. That game against Seattle, he only had 13 fantasy points. And the thing is, I know he's good for getting wins and from what I've heard, being a leader. But I think a game at Baltimore, that's a big game. That's a big measuring stick to see where he really is. Is he at that point where now he is elite and he is stepping up? And that it's not just a, a, a solid run game, a great coach, and an incredible Niner defense. So I think Jimmy G, uh, Derrick Henry has been insanely great for Steve. Like I said, since getting him back, 24, 37, and 33, he's been awesome. He's got a really good game against the Colts coming up against the Raiders. Um Steve, you're going to ride him, hopefully, to the NIT. With your roster, Steve, you have potential for NIT. Uh, so does Matt with, with Josh Jacobs and Mike Evans. Yeah, there's some really good teams that will miss the playoffs. I don't want to say good teams because then it's an insult to teams like Austin's and Jacobs and and Brian's. You know, I don't want to uh, say good. I would say some teams with really good players. you got Derrick Henry. You got Julio Jones, you got the Saints D on your bench, you got Breida if he was healthy, George Kittle, you know. So Steve, you got some guys on there that are really good, um, but your overall team—that's the reason you're missing the playoffs—is not as good. Um, Nick or Matt, same thing. You got Gurley did not do what we thought Gurley would do. I think that hurts you if Gurley is what he is a year ago. And I'm not talking at the end of the season, but uh, for the majority of the season, if Gurley is there, I think Matt is fighting for that division this last game of the season, if not in first place. Um, you got Kareem Hunt, who's coming on strong, too little too late because he was suspended for most of the season, but he's got double digits in three straight games. But you both have some pieces that you can carry on to next season, you know, so. And then you got some draft picks coming to you, Steve, with some of the trades you made. So that is that. We're not going to talk about them. Let's get to this game. This is what I wanted to get to. Dino Dan, the Rams fan, going against Nick and his A-team. Uh, right now ESPN has Dino Dan 11.1 favorite. And if you start with the quarterbacks, Drew Brees against Atlanta. Now, a week ago I would have said, oh, man, maybe Drew. Remember, Atlanta shut Brees down the first time. So you got to think maybe he's going to do it again. But then Atlanta goes back to you know, Dr. Jekyll. They were Mr. Hyde for a couple of weeks, and now they're back to Dr. Jekyll, and they were terrible last week. Tampa Bay just owned them. Uh, they didn't look as, as sharp, and that was against Winston. They started out strong and then just got ran over or thrown over the rest of the game. Carr at KC. We know the Chiefs. Remember what they did to Lamar Jackson? I know it was early in the year, but the, the Chiefs defense, when it needs to, can step up and play great. And what Raider team's going to show up? The one that won six games or the one who forgot to play football and catch it and fight for victory like the team that got annihilated by the Jets. Uh, so if you, basically we just got to look at Nick's team. You got Carr. We don't know what to expect. Le'Veon Bell at Cincinnati. I still, every time Bell looks like he has a great matchup, he's not bad. He's not bad, but even against Miami, 19, that's one of his best games. He's only broke 20 twice and it hasn't since week three. Or week two, 9, 15, 12, 8, 6, 9, 16, 16, 14. I mean, that's great for a flex. You know, that's great if, if but as one of your star running backs, you know, it. Uh, Bell has been very disappointing, very disappointing. Now he's an RB2 
right now, right? He's 13th overall. That means he would crack the top 12 or just under the top 12, so he'd be an RB2. But that's great if Bell was drafted, you know, as opposed to an early pick because Nick had him in the contract. He was the first overall pick two years ago, and then Nick carried him over with the contract, and he has not lived up to his expectations. Michelle, I don't know what to expect. Ridley, uh, I could have a really good game. We saw what DJ Moore did last week for the Carolina, so the Saints can give up the, the pass. Ridley could be it because they might work a lot on Julio Jones. Samuel, we'll see what he can do against the Redskins. So Nick's got guys on there that could potentially help pull his team to a victory. You know, I would not be shocked if Nick won, but Dino Dan should win this game. Let's look at Dino Dan's matchup. Drew Brees against Atlanta. I got to say he's got to break 26 to 30. He's got to. He can't have two bad games against Atlanta in a three-week span. Aaron Jones against the Giants. I think this is the week he gets back to getting involved more. Uh, He's had a lot of that back-and-forth, back-and-forth stuff. That Niner defense last week was a very tough matchup on the road, and they were never in it. Once they got out of it quick, uh, you're not going to be giving Aaron Jones carries all game. Lindsey, I think, will have a better performance at home against the Chargers. John Brown, Thursday, he's got a little action. That'll make the Thursday game. Dino Dan sitting around collecting money, for handing out turkeys, and hopefully watching some Cowboys and Bills and watching John Brown go off for 30 against the Cowboys. Crowder against Cincinnati. Just like last week, Crowder had a really good match against the Raiders and just totally tanked and did horrible. You think how well he's been doing. He can't do that two weeks in a row. Kyle Rudolph, he's got a little extra Monday Night Football love in case he just feels like his team's not doing it. It'll give him something to watch for. As he's, We know now it's going to come down to for that. Um, if, they're, if they're both fighting for a win, if they both lose, then it's, it could come down to Eric or possibly Elijah for that playoff spot. If one of these two are, or if they both winning their matchup and it might come down to Monday Night Football because Christian's going to have someone with Diggs and Dino Dan's going to have someone with Rudolph, DJ Chark against Tampa. There we go. There's, there's, he should have a good game. We talked about um, DD Westbrook. DJ Chark is their top receiver and he's playing Tampa Bay. That's a huge favor for, favorite for Dino Dan. Then Keekley and the Raiders. We'll see. I, I highly doubt he's playing the Raiders. To me, Dino Dan is going to get somebody. He could be playing the Rams against Arizona, but after this last game, he might be too fearful, thinking, hey, Arizona dropped 24-plus twice on the, the Niners. You know, Why would you not think they couldn't do that to the Rams? Kyler Murray's been outstanding. Um, he's been everything he's uh, been advertised coming out of college, probably better than uh, what most, most thought he would be. Um, so maybe he won't play the Rams. We'll see if Dino Dan, who he grabs, if he does get someone off the waiver wire. While Nick, he might be sticking with Jacksonville, hoping for that big Winston turnover, a pick six a couple times, and then Bush looking for a little payback against the Browns. Uh, yeah, Dino Dan is favored. I think he, he, in almost all categories, looking at his players, I would rather have his position. Other than, I'd probably like to have Calvin Ridley more than John Brown, but John Brown has been great this year, you know, when they allow him to throw the deep ball and they get after it. I would have definitely rather have both his running backs than Nick's running backs, which would have been a shock starting the season. Everyone would have jumped on Nick's with Le'Veon Bell. So that is a big game right there for Dino Dan. 
Oh my goodness, what? how much time is this? I am so tired right now, 31 minutes. Uh, I'll just, I'm just gonna do one more game, that'll leave me four games for tomorrow. And the other game, there's a few. You know, there's a good one between Eric, who's fighting for his playoff lives, against Brian. There is, because if they fall, Brian, remember, the worst, if Brian loses, it's still over because he's 5-1 in division play, while Eric would finish 4-2. and two. So, that's why Eric cannot win the division. I'm going to get to this one. This one has a lot of bearing. Um, and now I know it depends on Austin's game, too, his outcome, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. But this is Schobert in Paradise against Tenacious D's, and that is Jacob against Jose. Starting with quarterback, we'll see if Jacob has set his team yet. It looks like he has when he has Kamara and Cook. Cook has uh, had a really good game last week where he went – or no, he had the bye last week, I believe, didn't he? Yeah, they played Denver two weeks ago. He had the bye last week, and this week they're playing at Seattle. So this will be one, I think, on Monday Night Football, another game that could come down to Monday night on deciding who wins that division and who gets the top seed in the league as Jose has Prescott going over – I don't know who Jacob's going to go with. Maybe he's going with Brissett. Maybe he's going with Brissett against Tennessee. Brissett uh, wasn't too bad last week. It's hard to go Deshaun Watson against the Patriots because now Deshaun Watson's first game ever against New England, uh, I thought he did well. I can't remember. I'm not 100% positive. Um, I know last year he might have – I think he only got like 17. That was the opener against New England. I know that because I had him. I traded him for Patrick Mahomes like a bonehead. And I even gave up James Conner. Man, what a trade for Austin last season. Um, but yeah, Watson. So I don't know. It's hard to play him against the Patriots in that defense. He's got Driscoll. He could slip him in Thursday morning or Brissett. Either way, I like Prescott more. I know Buffalo Bills defense has really been solid against the uh, pass and not so much the run. But they're at home. When they're at Dallas, I can't see the Cowboys not able to throw. At least some point, maybe in a second half, something. They'll get the ball moving, and I think uh, Buffalo um, is not as good on the road. I still think they're good, but not as good on the road. I will take Prescott in this one. Chris Carson, Alvin Kamara, Cook, Carson, and Chubb. It's it's Kamara and Cook. I know Kamara is uh, throughout the season injured and not, not as effective as he has been, but he had 24 against a very good Tampa Bay defense two weeks ago, 18 last week. I think he's back to being... Um, an incredible running back. He's still an RB1. He's a top 12 right now, and that's with all the injuries. Dalvin Cook, number two overall with 24 points a game. He is back. So, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to take Jacobs running backs every day of the week. I think he's got the best combo with it used to be it felt like it was mine with Zeke and Barkley, but Barkley has not been himself since week two, maybe from the injury at Tampa Bay. And uh, Zeke is gone on another team, and he wasn't playing 100%. He wasn't playing as good as Cook and possibly Kamara um, with Kamara's injury when he was healthy as those two. So he's got the combination of the best running backs. But Jose has some very good ones with Chubb and Carson. They're similar in that they were both strong. They both can break tackles, and they have deceptively quick speed for who they are. As people you know, usually look at them like they're big heavy backs but they can easily break a 70-yard run. Um, so I would not be shocked if Chubb and Carson outscore Kamara and Cook. That being said, I would take Jacobs running backs 
receivers. You got Adams and Gabriel. Gabriel, I don't know how many good games he's had this year. He's had he had 12 and 13 back to back, but his best was 31 against Washington. I don't know. Is Jacob going to be looking for a new receiver to replace Gabriel? We'll find out if he does off the waiver wire. As of Jose, he's got Edelman and Slayton. You might see Boyd and Edelman, and then who knows who else in his flex. Tight ends, I'm taking Kelsey, but Hunter Henry is almost the same thing. He's almost exactly what uh, the Kansas City does that the Chargers are going to do. So I'm going to say I'm still going to go slight edge. Almost a push, but slight edge. Receivers, I'm going to take. I'm going to go Edelman. I'm going to go Edelman just in the fact that uh, he's he's going to. I think he has a safer play here. Excuse me. And we'll see. Let me see how Jose edited his lineup. Yeah. So we might see. Is Jose going to grab someone off the waiver wire? Is Freeman going to be back? Is he going to put Boyd in and someone else in his flex? We don't know. Uh, but I like Jose's flex more. I like Boyd more than Montgomery. Titans are pretty even. Um I like Devontae Adams overall, wide receivers, but I think Edelman and Slayton are just a hair better than Gabriel with the Adams combo. And then defenses. I know Seattle's been playing well. I know even against the at the on the road against the Niners, but I still I can't go against New England. They're at Houston, so maybe Houston chalks up some points and hurts them some. Jacob's got to be pulling for that. Um and then yeah, Montgomery or Boyd, I'm definitely taking Boyd. So as of now. Jose is actually favored in this game. One of the few times throughout the season where he's taken on a winning team and Jose's been favored. This would be big. Jose is fighting for uh, a personal best eight wins while Jacob is fighting to hold on to that top seed, get that all-important bye week, and wait around for the team with the worst record to play against. But man, Jose, what a what a season. What a turnaround. What, of a, what an incredible run he's on. Um, so good luck to both teams. Those are the two games we'll cover for the night. I am extremely tired, and I cannot think of anything else that is big news. Um, oh, I did mention Colin Cowherd. Yeah, he, he drove me nuts. You know, sometimes I'll listen to him because he makes some good points. But all last year, I mean, even even um, McVeigh's rookie year, when he turned that team around and everyone kept saying, oh, you know, you were waiting for it to, to not be true. And the Rams' offense was was so great, and they played so well, and they won some big games, and and all this. And he was he was putting McVeigh up there like he was he over over um, overrated McVeigh. I think McVeigh is a good coach. I'm glad the Rams got him now. At the time, I wanted Shanahan. When I heard Shanahan was going to interview, I was like, oh my gosh! I think Shanahan just with his dad's name and everything his dad did, I thought uh, Kyle Shanahan could do great, and. Um, when I heard that they're going with this McVeigh guy, I was like, "What?" And I and I was like, "Another, you know, thirty-year-old." I kept thinking he was going to be like uh, Lane Kiffin. I'm like, "We don't need another young guy who comes in here, inexperienced, doesn't know what he's doing." But when I heard him interviewed, I'm like, "Man, the guy sounds confident. He reminds me of a young John Gruden." And then he hired some older veteran assistant coaches to help out. I think the reason that the Rams are not doing as well is nothing to do with the Super Bowl hangover, none of that crap. I think, one, the Niners got better. Uh, Seattle, they're playing better, but I don't think Seattle got better. 
the if Megatron if Legatron makes just a, a, a forty something yarder like he normally does, we beat the Seahawks and we st- we're at seven wins already and one less loss. You know, it came down. It's not like the Seattle beat us hardcore or made some insane play. We were in position to win that game, and our kicker missed the kick that would have won it. Uh, and he usually makes that kick, so I'm not going to hold that. Um, to that, and I'm not going to say it's over. Do I think the Rams are going to the Super Bowl? No. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? No. Could they? Yes. I wouldn't be shocked if they did. They could still go on a run, like I, I had covered earlier. But with Cowherd, the way today, he's like, oh, uh, you know, I was saying pump pump the brakes on McVeigh, and he's like telling his co-host, you know, I remember I've been saying pump. Last year he was going, talking about this is why the Rams are in the playoffs. This is what he was putting him in the same breath as as Belichick. And even I was like, dude, Belichick's won Super Bowls. McVay's just now winning playoff games. You know, slow slow down. He needed to calm down, but like he is with everything. Colin Cowherd jumps on something, puts up some stupid analogy that half the time doesn't even come close to being what it's supposed to represent. And then he gives a story on it, and then he acts as if he planned it. I mean, remember if anyone listens to him, how he kept saying, oh, LeBron's coming to L.A. Then a week later, he'd say, he is not coming to L.A. And he would flip-flop so much. But when he was talking about the Rams today and saying, he was saying, pump the brakes on McVay. You know, the best coach he's been saying, Shanahan was the best coach. No, he did not. I know that for a fact, I've been listening. He said he liked Shanahan, but he was even shocked how well the Niners are doing. But now he's acting as if he knew the Niners were going to do this well and that Shanahan was going to do this well and that McVay and and this Rams team and they overpaid. I honestly uh, would prefer had they not maybe waited to the season to see what Goff did. You know, who else are you going to get that's over Goff right now? You're not going to get Mariota. You're not going to go bring in someone like Tannehill. So I plan on keeping Goff, but I felt that if he could prove it, they were taking a gamble that he would still continue to be the same quarterback and that they would get a deal on him. But now it seems like they're going to overpay for him. And the whole thing with Todd Gurley, it is what it is. What are you going to do? They paid a year early, he was saying, which makes sense. They could have waited one more year before they doled out all that money. But even if they'd waited a year later, he wasn't bad last year. It wasn't until late in the in towards the end of the season when we started noticing that injury, but he still played well. You know, hello Cowboys in the playoffs. Did that look like he was t- incredibly bad? Um, I think this season is one. The Niners are 100 percent healthy and they're better. I think the Niners could have been this good last year, so I'm thankful that we made the Super Bowl. Then uh, take the Super Bowl, take the NFC Championship, and I will enjoy it and not flip out that they don't make the playoffs this year. Two, the, like I said, the Niners should have been uh, a much better last year and too many injuries. Three, the offensive line is worse. Uh, not only injuries, but we lost several guys in the offseason. And a lot of assistant coaches have been moving on from the Rams. You know, all of it matters. When they put the team together, the coaches do matter, assistant coaches. You know, maybe not the guy who runs and uh, does the small things, but uh, all the other coordinators and other coaches, they all leave. Yeah, it does matter. So I think that's the thing with the Rams. Um, It is what it is. You would have paid if you'd waited one more year. You still would have had to pay Gurley more. Um, But yeah, I'm not going to argue, Steve, when you mentioned that Shanahan's a better coach. I'm not going to argue until, you know, you can't really make that decision until it's all done. But it's not something that I'm going to debate because, you know, as of now, at least McVay's got to a Super Bowl as a head coach. He's, He's won an NFC championship. He's won something. So we got to see what Shanahan does. We know he's been there. We know his family's been there. Uh, we'll see how he handles it when now he's the man calling the shots. 
We will see if the Niners can. This is a perfect year for the Niners at this point. So if they can hold on and even a Super Bowl appearance, I'll be right there with you saying uh, Shanahan's better. Um, but until then, it, it remains to be seen. And it is something, like we said, you got to look at maybe five to ten years down the line. But, yeah, I was like, I couldn't listen to it. When he does that, man, he does that so often where he contradicts himself or he changes his, his mind. or um, and But then he won't even openly say, you know what, I changed my mind. He just goes, oh, this is what I've been saying. This is what I've been saying. Have I not? And I'm like, no, you have not been saying it. And this is why he stopped taking calls from back in the day, even when he's an ESPN, because he originally used to take calls. And I remember this because Cowherd's been on the air for ESPN when he was originally on ESPN. I want to say for mm, maybe 15 years now because I was a meter reader and I used to listen to uh, ESPN radio in my headphone while I was doing my running my meter reader routes throughout the afternoon. And I would listen to ESPN, hear Dan Patrick, hear Colin Cowherd. And I remember back then he would take calls and every time a caller would come in and point out how he contradicted himself and he did it often, he would always pull the same thing. Hey, put up your big boy pants. It's time to act like a big boy live in the real world. And he would tell them like, cause someone would call, let's say like right, right now, uh, Dino Dan, you call in Colin Cowherd and you would list an example of how, um, you think it's ridiculous that this athlete, uh, Ezekiel Elliott was holding out, you know, you're working hard and you know, you go to work and you put in all this and you can't, and you know what he would have told you what he did to everybody. He would say, Hey, Hey, you can't compare Ezekiel Elliott to you. You, you, what you do, anyone can do. Uh, you know, you can go get 50 guys to go do your job, but there's only one Ezekiel Elliott. And the point was valid, but the issue is the next time someone would say something to Colin Cowherd on a, a, a question, he would go and say, hey, do you get to go and work and do this? Do you get to do that at work? And he would use real life situations, which he just said not to do. And it's like, dude, you're a walking contradiction. You can't use one argument you can't shoot a guy down when he uses it, but then you use the same argument in the same situation later. And, oh, it used to drive me nuts. And I'd be like, I'm not listening to this guy. And then, you know, you go back to listen when there's nothing else on or hopefully he's talking about a different topic. But he always does things like that, and he's still doing it. It's just there's no phone calls anymore, so he doesn't have to do that. But, yeah, it used to drive me nuts. So, yeah, I mean, he's always – and he always loves the Cowboys, and then uh, he'll dog them next minute and – it's not keeping it real. It's just he's a, such a flip-flopper all over the place. So that is it. Yeah, the podcast should have been done a little bit ago, but I kept going on ranting and raving. Uh, we're getting closer to Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a great Wednesday. Um, I'm excited to see who some of us got. I will do a, a podcast. I'm trying to think if I'll do one for Thanksgiving because tomorrow night, what am I going to talk about? A lot of times we're – oh, yeah, I, I will. I will. I'm going to do the other game reviews because we got games coming up on Thanksgiving. We'll talk about some of those games. We'll talk about uh, the other four, three matchups because we're skipping Steve and Matt's game. Sorry. And uh, we'll talk about, yeah, the other three games. We'll talk about who got who on the waiver wire and the impact of it and maybe cover a few other things if anything pops up. But I'm very sad. I'm sad the season's almost at an end. Even though there is the playoffs, even though there is the NIT, it's still, you know, it's disappointing. It just seems like this season didn't seem like it. I know in the past I've had it where you blink and it's already week five, you know, and then you knew before you know it, it's Thanksgiving. This season has felt, at least to me, I can't speak for you. Maybe it's because I'm doing the podcast, you know, uh, not, now I am, but originally I wasn't. Originally I was doing it maybe every three days 
or so, but now I'm doing it about four to five days a week. So it's a little different now um, to where I feel like it's longer. Um, we're talking about it more. It seems like it takes longer to get to each each week's big games. So the season feels like, at least our fantasy season, to me, has seemed longer than it has in the past. But uh, that being said, I feel I do feel like the football season's almost over. Um, so disappointing, you know. But that just means we get, you know, a few weeks off in February, and then it's on to baseball. And we got hopefully Brian coming back. He made it all the way to the championship and was uh, the regular season championship winner. And Jacob and Matt, I know we got some guys in baseball, and so that's right around the corner. So I hope you guys have a good night, uh, good night, a good day, a good Wednesday, a safe Wednesday as you get ready for Thanksgiving. And we will be talking to you tomorrow. I will have a podcast for Thursday morning for anybody who wants to wake up and listen to it or throughout the day, anytime when you guys got free time. All right. So have a good day. Talk to you guys later. Bye.